West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 4th of October 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Diane Nolan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday night once again, and let's get on the damp side here. Where's the microphone? Oopsie. It is Wednesday night, folks, again, and the microphone was missing, and we found it eventually here nearby. It's Wednesday night here in West Limerick, and it's quite a miserable type of a night and a bit damp, but the forecast for the weekend, the next week, is supposed to be very good. So hopefully October might be a bit better than July, August, and September. And we are joined tonight by Diane Nolan. Hopefully a couple more will turn up shortly. It's like as if they were going to church. Usually that's a couple of minutes late. Uh, we had a few uh, folks. Anyway, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station. My name is Pat O'Donovan, broadcasting here from Newcastle West. If you want to text in or any message or anything you like to panel to, to discuss any item whatsoever, just give a call there to Jason on 069 or 87 we had a number of requests from music there the last night, and the Bridies was requested by Paddy Crowley. So, Jason, you can let it spin. That is the Bridies by far Paddy Crowley, a very loyal listener here on sports programs and other programs as well. So, the Bridies, and of course, the song itself is called For 95 Only Head. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. And a sudden ending to that one, of course, indeed, as usual. <coughs> Now, last week we would have uh, in the paper at uh, the weekend was in a lot of papers, and we're waiting, folks. As we said a little at the outset there, if you want to text in or call in on any topic, o six nine six six two hundred or o eight seven one double six nine eight hundred. If you want to text in or call in any query or thing you'd like the panel to discuss tonight, that is on o six nine double six two hundred or o eight seven. One six six nine eight hundred, and you're very welcome, Tom. Delighted to see you. <coughs> Thank you, Pat. Hi, Diane. <laughs> as I am delighted to see Diane Nolan as well, of course. No, uh, and the papers there over the last week you might have seen it, and if you didn't see it, it was worth having a good look at. <coughs> Nama Wild West sale of ten point three million asset was sold for two hundred and sixty five thousand. In case you didn't hear me right, folks, or you weren't fully tuned in. NAMA, the crowd that was taking over bad debts, 
they sold the property which had cost 10.3 million they sold it for 265,000 a decision by NAMA to sell property for 97% below its former market value after a receiver overseeing the sale was intimidated has been described as a national scandal officials with the National Asset Management Agency otherwise known as NAMA yesterday, de yesterday defended selling a property portfolio in Donegal once valued at around 10 million for 265,000. A massive write down occurred after a receiver appointed by NAMA to sell the asset was intimidated into quitting his job. A development was called extraordinary by members of the Oireachtas Public Accounts, otherwise known as PSE, following the resignation Following the resignation of the receiver, the debtor of the original owner of the asset approached NAMA again to purchase land. Ultimately, a new company was established and the brother of the debtor provided the finance for the 265,000 purchase, which was fronted by someone who was no relation to the family. PSC Chair Chairman Brian Stanley said it's, the story sounded like something from the Wild West. Adding, all that's missing is the hats and the horses and the guns and the sheriffs. It's an incredible story, and the brother rocks in with a bag of money on the side of the horse. That's absolutely an incredible story. It's a national scandal that it was allowed to happen. Sinn Féin TD, John Brady said, the message coming in from here today is that intimidation works. That, to me, is rewarding togs and intimidation, and that was facilitated by the board of NAMA. But Brenda McDonough, the chair executive of NAMA, responded, I've been in this business 14 years. I don't think there is anybody you would meet here who thinks that anybody can intimidate NAMA or intimidate the board. That's not the way we operate. Regarding the property sale, he also said, it is shocking, which to me sounds like a bit of a contradiction. It is shocking, I agree, but the only alternative open to us after the receiver resigned was to get the assets back in control of the debtor. Social Democrats D. Catherine Martin said the receiver was intimidated. The local authority, it looks like, was intimidated into not looking at buying. The estate agents were intimidated. The tenants were intimidated. And NAMA rolled over. That is what it looks like. Mr. McDonald said the debtor has strongly resisted the appointment of a receiver, and that while Donegal County Council had expected interest in the properties, it withdrew this interest in late 2019. The receiver tried to engage a sales agent, but none of the sales agents in Donegal or in that county or national sales agents would take on the sale of the property in the portfolio he added. McDonald said the estate agents declined to take on the sale of the property after they found out who owned the land something he described as exceptional. He said the receiver chose for his own reasons to resign and did not want to go to the Gardaí. He added when the receiver visited the site, he was subject to people being there who I suppose made him feel uncomfortable. I suppose is maybe the best way to describe it and we believe that individuals approached his office and said he should not be involved in these assets. 
Mr. McDonough said there was only one other example of intimidation that occurred to the level where NAMA was concerned that that happened with the same debtor in 2012. He said that in 2012, NAMA had approached Gardaí about the attempts to intimidate staff members. The staff members were approached after a court case involving the individual in question, and there was a lot of language used that should that they would have thought of being trying to be intimidated. Gardaí from Pear Street Station visited two members of the staff and gave them some practical advice, but the matter went no further. The control and Auditor General said there were other loan sales of concern, but that this case was so exceptional he felt the need to report it. Mr McDonough defended the decision to ultimately sell the land in the manner in which NAMA did. There was no suggestion in the report that the sale was conducted improperly without sufficient due diligence. Now was non-compliant with the NAMA Act, said Mr. McDonough. He added the loans were sold to the full market value of the secured properties as determined by independent professional values at the time of the sale. There was no means available to NAMA to recover any additional money to reduce the losses. Mr. McDonough also defended selling the properties for the figure of 265. Like it or not, that's a third-party valuation, not a NAMA valuation, he told committee members. He also said that NAMA had to reduce costs and that it was facing its protected legal conflict that would cost in excess of 250. Mr. McDonough also said that there was a vermin infestation on some of the lands and that the HSC wants to pursue those responsible. He also said no receiver would take it on once the receiver resigned. Mr. McDonough added, you had a situation where effectively the asset would be effectively abandoned and all the difficulties, including the ones the HSC contacted us, would have gotten worse. Tom Ryan, you had a lot in your time. Did you ever hear anyone like that before? Well, I did actually, Pat. You know, <laughs> that's, that wouldn't uh, surprise me at all with, uh, with NAMA and the goings on there since they were appointed. And the, the PSE and the Comptroller and Auditor General, all those, they're all phonies, Pat. You know, they're not, none of them doing their job. This is naked intimidation by of the board of NAMA and the the, the, the general CEO, McDonough. You know, I mean Plus the auctioneers, the county council yeah, and the whole lot. Auctioneers we say like well the auctioneers were were like they'd be top party damage, like, you know. And uh, so would uh, the any anyone else that that, that would be in, yeah. included in this overall deal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The fraud squad should have been called in there at a very early stage. They weren't doing their job. You know, they, they weren't doing their job anyway. And they succumbed to intimidation and to threats and to, and to outlawish behaviour. So, again, they have uh, their record, like, since they got this portfolio of the debt management that was after the bank collapse is absolutely atrocious. And there are deals, there was northern deals they had done there, there was deals all over the place, all all surrendered for less to nothing for people that were that they were aware of. And you know, this this kind of behaviour like uh, the, the PSE chairman said it was like oh like I mean it was like the Wild West. Well he they should know all about that because a lot of dealings that are going on in this country are, you could compare them to the Wild West in the, up to this very day in across, the, across the realm of the public service and the procurement of uh, in different departments. So uh, it shows one thing 
PSA is a waste of time. Those dollar committees that are a waste of time, they have no power. Okay, they can highlight an issue. What good is that? Where's the action being taken by the guards? Where's the action taken by, by the government, by the Minister for Justice, by the Minister of Finance, who actually is the overall uh, controller of, of NEMA? You know, so like, I mean, it's Diane. a shambles. Diane, I've been telling Tom Ryan here for the past number of months that as far as I'm concerned, there was a breakdown of law and order. Mm-hmm. And I think that's as good an example of bullying and intimidation. And Jerome Scanlon has admitted it here, Tom, as well, where people in houses around this area, where they intimidated people out of it, that they actually got the property themselves. Yes, I I would have heard of that too. Yeah. I know that there was complaints when I was a councillor that, um, you know, any any uh, works taken out in a council house, that everything was stripped and the bare bones put back in and people were giving out about, you know, losing the value. Maybe somebody had put in a nice kitchen while they were renting the house from the council and all of that had to be done because in houses where there was a shed put up out the back, there was a new kitchen put in, a nicer fireplace. Um, people who were being offered the houses were being intimidated to take them. That's on a small local level. Yes. But like then it goes up and up and up to this level. And I mean, we know that NAMA is sitting on so much property and so many assets and it doesn't bother them one jot. And it, they don't care what their balance sheet looks like. And yet they're saying that they had to go ahead with a sale for this. Now, this is the type of uh, property or asset I would sit myself on as long as I needed to. Mm. I mean, you don't give in to that kind of behaviour. But I mean, with everything that's detailed there and it's in front of the Public Accounts Committee, I mean, you would still say that there was a case for the Criminal Assets Bureau because what went on there was criminal. Yeah. And And that should be seized by the Criminal Assets Bureau now. But you see, the situation there is that um, there's nobody had to account for what happened there. And without uh, the intervention of the controller general, general, like this wouldn't even be known. And you have McDonough there, I mean, uh, the, the CEO, I suppose he could be on three or four hundred grand a year of, um, of salary and probably bonuses, if the truth was known as well. And uh, you have a board of NAMA. I mean, should they, they should be all made resign. Mm-hmm. And and this issue, you see, these issues that are that are going on, they're never brought up in the doll. You know, I mean, like, it should be, you know, it is no good highlighting them, you see, in the PAC, because the PAC is just a toothless organisation. Along with the, all the other committees, they have no sanction. They have no, all they can do is highlight an issue like they did uh, in RT, they can, they can ask questions, but they have no power. And you see, what's the, what's the point in of having any organisation within our government, within our legislation, like and, and with our government that that have no, that are there getting, I think they get about 10 grand, the chairman gets about 10 grand anyway, extra, plus I see all the members, they are, they're all getting, getting extra anyway, to sit in these PSCs and these committees across the whole realm now, not just talking about your PSE, in, that's the public accounts, right? there's agriculture, there's, there's everything there, like there's all these committees there, because I watch it all and I see them in action, and they're asking questions and detailed questions, but, but there's no sanction. And, and as you rightly said, Anne, where, where was the where was the fraud squad here? 
Where's the Minister for the Minister for Finance here? What are they doing? They're both like I mean, as trying to make up a budget that's going to suit everyone. Like both, they have no interest in these issues, and they should be a really they should be national national. You know, we have the revenue then. They're out after everyone. Why aren't, why aren't they looking into these these deals that are being done? Because now, like we're listening to that now for an awful long time of of these <coughs> type, the same type of a situation, uh, huge assets being given away for pittance. I mean, that would be tolerated anywhere. Uh, this case is a bit more unusual in that they didn't sell it directly back to the person with a huge write down because we know that they've done that but, in but plenty yeah. of very valuable they, they sites in Dublin. They might as well have because well, they, they might as well have, but yeah. they went to the bother of setting up a new company. I mean, the shocking thing is NAMA have done this with very high profile de- uh, developers, especially around Dublin. So. Why would anybody else who has property in NAMA not think, well, if they can if they can get a write-down of millions on theirs, what am I doing here? And it has to start at the top. But There's too I, much I, of a cabal there at the top between the private industry and government, and government has become married to private industry and running after them. Diane, the serious part of it I see is that bully by tactics are winning left, mm-hmm. right and centre across the country at the present time. And there is nothing to be done about And that is why I say there is literally a breakdown of law and order yeah. because that, that was blatant cases of intimidation along the line. And the person who or, or owned that property originally, from what you can read there, they, they, are back, they have it back with themselves again. And they did the same thing back in 2012, Tom. They did, Pat. But you're right. There is and a breakdown of law and order, Pat. But you, you see, law and order here like, is, um, consists of, of uh, we have a government, we elect a government. The people that are listening and people that are that, that are voting for our for our uh, TDs and our and follow on from that our ministers and our Taoiseach, like they are responsible for law and order. They're responsible for for the run of the country. Now we had uh, we had here uh, a cabinet meeting last, as you rightly said. Now you're talking about law and order. Now we had a cabinet meeting on Tuesday. I think it was. A f- with all the ministers sitting around the table with big fanfare. The main items on on that wasn't the Garda problem, the strike that's coming down the road. It wasn't about the, the overtime problem. It wasn't about the hospitals. It wasn't about the about the operations on babies and young children with the, the, the scoliosis uh, scandal, right? It wasn't about, like... It wasn't about any issue that's affecting the public in a more serious way. What was it about? It was about Board Planala. They want to take over Board Planala and, and, and they have it done. They have it done. We say, O'Brien, the minister, I mean, for the, what's the minister for? He's minister for housing, housing. if you mind. Yeah. That's a nice title for him to have now and the record that they have in government. But you see, there wasn't anything about issues that are that are there facing everybody and facing the public, especially in particular with the, with the guard strike. No, it was about Bob Planala. They want to take over, our, I mean, Bob Planala now, they want to take away a lot of the, a lot of the, the actual rules that are, that are in it, as if they were after them, because they had them, they had them eliminated anyway by their own carry-on, the cabinet. But, you see, this is, this is, what, they're, this is what they're at. And also what they're at now is RT, they want to take over RT. They're like 
dictators, you know, that you'd see in, in Eastern Europe and in... Well, Tom, I didn't hear, uh, apart from seeing that in the paper, I don't know if you read in the paper, that ca- case of this Nama business after reading it out, but I didn't hear any politician coming out shouting about that for an investigation and action to be taken against those people involved in that particular case. You see, we have no legislation, and we've said it plenty of times here, there's no legislation for white-collar crime, and that's really what it falls under. And we're all preoccupied with this war on drugs, uh, a war that has long since been lost. Lost. Uh, And that's still, like, we're in a mindset of the 1980s in terms of our legal system and what we actually put our resources towards. Yeah. We've huge white-collar crime in this country and that is actually what needs to be tackled. But you see, Dan, you, you're right what you said a short time ago when you said our government and our ministers are beholding to industry. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. They are like they're, they're, what they are is messenger boys, but they're well-paid messenger boys. That's what they are. And they have also, like, all this long-term strategy. They can go They can go all over the world. Minister Coveney spent a good bit of time over in Boston, if you don't mind, lately, with a, a top international company, who are in receipt of 680 million of, of money, to build a new enterprise, right? Plus, from a, sl- a type of a slush fund in Europe, plus what the government here are going to are going to add it. Why are they doing that? Why are they so beholding to industry and to you know this 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 the big business, international business? Like, why aren't they doing the job they're elected to do? To to look after people and look after what we have here at home and the problems that we have here. So. You see, they're above, they're above scrutiny. That's what they are. But they're, you really want to be called out, like. But we haven't the people in Dali to call them out because why? They listen away. They talk. You can go up in opposition, your own party. They'll, they'll take them in every issue, but they'll get nowhere because, you see, they'll be listened to and they'll be told blatant lies, like, in return. I mean, I watch it every night. It is un- unbelievable to see what, what Veronica... And Martin can get away with it. And now we have Coveney. Over in, imagine over in Boston, like, with a, with a crowd, like, in the past. They were the same crowd, no, they were inside Limerick. Like, they're, and they're in Limerick, like. This is, so, like, they're all, they're all saying, oh, this big industry, what they're doing. They, haven't, they, don't, they don't spend one penny of their own money. Whoever owns them, they're owned by... by all sorts of groups all over the world, they're here in Ireland and we're paying for it. The tax people, are pay- the taxpayer here are paying for it. Diane, um, the other side of it is, sticking with that name, that case there, a similar case that we're not discussing at all, which is the same thing. The ordinary Joe Soap person, the, the, the small individual, he in turn, while that is going on, has been screwed to the wall for the last penny and left... Absolutely. In a, in a poor financial state, and there's no one defending him. As I said earlier, there isn't a word about you, not a sound, not a other politicians. It is blatant, toggery of the worst type, no respect for law, and the law hasn't been applied. Butcher, we're not even doing the basics right. We have a digger sitting outside the old Garda station here in town with the last three weeks that hasn't moved. 
the hoarding went up the digger sat outside it for show there was a big announcement you're very observant well I pass it every day it's a big digger yeah yeah I pass it every day fine big yellow digger yeah I mean there's no demolition happening and you know that is what we have we have a a government full of announcements how did you move on to the gaps I find it amusing Tom as Diane said there is a big digger a large big digger machine sitting in, in the car park of the closed garden station which is now closed four years possibly and that I, just what I, strikes me strange about is how somebody can afford an expensive digger like that mm-hmm. to sit idle uh, but, uh, for but three weeks see, but they can afford a pad because they're getting paid for a pad yeah. somebody else well no we're paying for it you're somebody said that you can that being down. paid for while she's sitting inside in the of course it is garden station course. not moving hasn't moved uh, where will you see that would be under the auspices of the Board of Works, I say. They're the, 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 the organisation. It's gone into that property. Yes. No, yeah. they are. Yeah. And I, don't, I, I, I don't know the place at all, but, but I, I can tell you that much. You see, yeah. it's the millions and the billions that have been spent in this country, like, yeah. recklessly, you know, and and, and listened in to, uh, to uh, the Minister for Finance yesterday. Listened to him talking about... about trying to get money here and get money there and the wastage and the carry on is unbelievable. There's a message there from James Horn just before we go to the ad break. Pat, does the panel think does the panel think the Gardaí should go on strike in November and leave the country wide open to criminal gangs? But uh, and, and the guys want to strike but if you were listening to the best half an hour you'd wonder what it was all about anyway, would you not? Uh, Jason, we'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 4th of October 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan at Diane Nolan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD. Welcome back, folks. It's uh, Wednesday evening once again. My name is Pat O'Donovan here on West Limerick, your local community radio station, folks, trying to entertain you here and now you on Wednesday evenings. If you're politically minded, probably you might get a bit annoyed with us from time to time. But then I think the younger generation are more broad-minded too the things of the population or the, 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 the political parties of today they're not uh, following in their father's footsteps so to so to say uh, we had a request there last week for a number of songs and uh, Mary Butler Kapanook you were looking for the reason I so we'll hold that for Mary because I think we gave you a, a, an hour of Frank Patterson last Saturday and that might keep you going for a, a, a week or two. And also I have an announcement still to make as well. 
uh, on, on Friday night next uh, in Ratkeel in, in, in the, the council building there just near for the old cattle mart is or was is still there but there's no activity there anymore on the Bellingary Road there in Ratkeel and Ratkeel Historical Society have a talk there on this Friday night at 8 o'clock I believe it is and it is Patrick Hederman, the former abbot of Glenstall, talking about his life and his life story. So that is in the Red Keel on this Friday night at 8 p.m. And no charge. And then you move on to Saturday night at the Rambling House in Nockfirna at 8 o'clock. A traditional Rambling House story and song and musical entertainment and that's commenced at 8 o'clock. But on this Saturday night, there is a large television installed on the wall for people who would have an interest in rugby, Ireland are playing Scotland, I believe. So you can watch that there with the, the older folks that will be there and enjoy the music story and song and sweet cake and apple tart and everything after that. So that is Saturday night and there's no charge on that one either. And of course, as somebody pointed out to me the other day, there's a lot of rambling houses now, and they call them rambling houses inside in halls and community centres and that. Whereas Nakfirna, you you'll be sitting inside in a house that was occupied in the 1700s and was occupied during the famine and all that period up to 1960 when the late Henny Green died. It got reoccupied again then in the early 1970s. So the history there, you're following the footsteps of many generations went before us there. And that's on Saturday night in Nockfear and at the Rambling House. And all are welcome, whether you can sing or not, or dance or not, you're welcome there on Saturday night. John O'Grady, good friend of mine there on the slopes of a hill overlooking Red Keel. He was looking for the night visiting song, I'm afraid, John. The night visiting days in early gone, like many other things in Ireland as well. Uh, a lot of them now, if you came to the door, they'll ask you what you want. Whereas long ago, they'll tell you, come in, have a cup of tea and take a chair. So sit back and enjoy Luke Kelly, the night visiting song. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. That was John O'Grady's request there of Luke Kelly, night visiting song, of course, and best wishes there to a nice lady over there in Kilmeade that sings that as well occasionally, and that's Christy and Nula. And I'm uh, messaging here from Tom Barry, and he said, he, in relation to our conversation last year about the youth and parents and the responsibility of children or no responsibility in some case, parents should take more responsibility for their children. This will help the youth problem more. Uh, that one has been thrown around a lot and all kinds of things. And Diane... I think they get an awful bad rap. I was a youth leader for about seven or eight years and uh, I suppose like a lot of them now are, are well grown up, most of them are, uh, that I would have been a youth leader with. Um, but, uh, you know, some of them haven't made the best choices after. But uh, as teenagers, um, 
it, it, we, they didn't give us too much hassle, you know. There was a bit of give and take. Um, but I suppose what we provided for them was a place to come every Friday night where they didn't have to be good at sports. They didn't have to have a particular talent for anything. It was a place that they could come and they could hang out very cheaply. And a lot of the time when we knew the pl- people were coming from, you know, uh, diff- difficult circumstances, we'd turn a blind eye to the to the weekly um, donation. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, that's a problem in that there's no place for young people to go. There's no place that isn't expensive. Clubs... Um, activities they're all very expensive and you know why should they be scheduled every wake a minute uh, and we need it not just for the youth we need it for all age groups in the community where there's quality free public space both indoor and outdoor every inch of space we have has been commercialised where you have to pay to sit in it but the, the new thing now of course with these young people is that we find these electric bikes, if, if that's what they are called, they're, they're usually dressed in black. No light, front light, most of the time. Uh, you see not light and some of them are right. And uh, also, I think I've been on about quite a bit, probably without this particular part, it's the older people, people walking with their back to the traffic. I was coming out of Limerick City there today and out was daylight, and from the Lantern Lodge to Adair, was a lady walking towards Limerick City which went back to the traffic whereas the margin I would have thought is even wider the yellow line on the other side if she had walked well but I, I never hear that being highlighted when they're on about all the people being killed and so forth and they're being killed off of these bikes as well Tom so yeah the bikes have become a big problem Pat no Tom sorry for interrupting you when we were young and you and I were young it was quite common for t- to be brought up before the local court for not having a light on your bike. Most of the time now I meet people around at night and they have neither front light or back light and there seems to be no, again, no implementation of the law if it is still there. Well, Pat, you mentioned there the road between the Lantern Lodge and the air. Coming back tonight, the traffic was very heavy and I actually met a couple of fire brigades going into Limerick, going that direction, three of them, and, and, and an ambulance and also a squad car. So there must be, have been a, a serious fire someplace in, in, in that area. But coming out of there, near the golf club there and there, there was, a, as you rightly said, a person walking at the, walking, like with the traffic, you know, like, and in, totally in black. I, 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 I kind of shuddered and I saw it. And at the other side, there was a, a, a person on a boy, and it's very narrow there, and a dangerous, very badly lit up as well, that, that, in that, you know, for such a prominent... It's not lit at all, literally. You see, yeah, there, and a, a person on a, on a bike, and they had to go, the, the car in front of me went out nearly across the air, across the, the line, you know, for to um, for to pass it out. So it's really and truly, that's why people have been, are being hit on the roads and being knocked down and being killed, you know, and it's happening on a regular basis now, getting very common altogether. But as regards these bikes, Pat, they're, they're gone totally out of control now. Yeah. And uh, would you believe it, I was just thinking during the week that I don't see any reason why the world, why they shouldn't be taxed and insured and, uh, and registered. You know, I mean, that would be a start. I don't know why they got such a, a, a free ride from day one by the authorities, like, because it was obvious like, they, were going to, they, they were going to spread and they were going to get more popular and more, 
more of an android. So now they're, they're gone very common out here. And the, the How traffic, is it, the speed Diane, that, and all. Yeah, that the government are so slow. This thing was sticking out a mile. Yeah, I mean, there was talks at one point of having no, no, a no number helmets. plate on them. Uh, no. You know that at least you'd have some kind no. of identifier you, number, and they should be on the e-scooters. No. In, in you come out the door well. of, of a shop in the town, and there's a guy in a scooter cut mm-hmm. your nose off, yeah. and if they hit somebody or hit turn them over, which they can, they're gone. And well, they're doing deliveries now as well from down. the restaurants and iPad as well yeah. on these bikes, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing, so they're coming, they're very common yeah, at night time and, you know, the speed of them is, is also, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're going very fast. So you're right, Lisa, why didn't the authorities like, I mean, <coughs> the road safety authority number one, why didn't they make an issue about it? Because now they're, they're becoming thousands of them. I see something today, maybe, maybe I got it wrong, but there's some company now and they're in, in Europe, Making these bikes and they're they're kind and they're selling mm-hmm. them by the they're by expensive. thousand. Yeah, they're expensive, of course they are. But there's no regulation, and mm-hmm. also some top doctor in one of the hospitals in Dublin uh, came out today very strongly that the, the injuries that are going to the hospitals with them broken legs and all sorts of limbs and every, everything, and of course people are being killed both on the bikes and people on the pedestrians and, and cyclists themselves. So, like, when we're in a, a, a cycling kind of a, an era and it's being promoted, like, and they're also, I mean, a lot of them are dangerous as well. I mean, fellas and bicycles are flying all over the place and they needn't be e-bikes either. You know, I mean, there's an awful lot of, of control that should be put back there, but there's no one doing it and no one is interested anyway. You know, I'm probably wasting no time until you get hit by one of them. And then yeah. it's a big deal. Well, you know, the more expensive ones and the cargo bikes, a lot of the people who are, you know, purchasing them, they're doing it through that um, travel to work scheme, the the bicycle scheme that's there so I mean there's an awful lot of state supports and government and taxation supports going into these um, especially the most more expensive models uh, and like you say there's no there's no responsibility then going hand in hand in that I mean we we actually have a fair idea there's very few you know um, actual shops and uh, it, it's it, that are selling these types of models. So, like, we've pretty good idea on figures and how many are in different counties through the the taxation schemes and things like that. And it just there seems to be no appetite for follow up. No. And do you know, I mean, cargo bikes are are carrying children. They need to be as safe as possible. Uh, yeah. We really need to look at it more. It is showing up to add time again, folks. You're tuned to Bristol Mic One or Two FM. Broadcasting from Newcastle West on the panel tonight is Diane Nolan and Tom Ryan and Jason Smith is taking your messages there. We'll get back to them in a little while. So we we'll go to Ned break and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 4th of October 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. 
Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan and Diane Nolan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're joined to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. Tonight's program is called County Views, going out live every Wednesday night from Hampstein until 11 o'clock and repeated on tomorrow, Thursday, from Hampest 11 until 1. And I got two phone calls after in the last week. One was thanking me for the fantastic program on John B. Keane. Did you miss that, Tom? Yeah, I You missed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a man he thought was the best program he ever heard in his life, which is quite interesting. So we'll repeat it sometime again in the not too distant future. And another man called me also about uh, one on Frank Patterson. People rarely say thanks or appreciate but we still keep belting away at it anyhow. Um, the electric bikes, we have uh, Michael Dean from West Limerick, whichever, I'm not sure, I probably know him anyway because I know a lot of Michaels, but we might have missed that particular one. If you want to be identified anyway, Michael, I can assure you of that. And he said, uh, message there, that uh, the, the, the dead Lord jacket, the reflective yellow jackets should be made compulsory. And then we have another one similar to that from a man who does go to the bother of giving his name, which we appreciate a little bit more than the coded ones. Would the panel agree, Pat, on a tax and insurance on e-bikes and cancel their use on all footpaths regards Sean or D. Kappa? It is definitely illegal, Sean, to cycle a bicycle on a footpath. It was also illegal in my young days, cycle up on one street, even though we didn't do many from where I came from. <laughs> but it is illegal. So uh, my own opinion on that is the law is not being applied. It's been totally ignored. And then the girls are driving on their motor cars and there's very few feet on the street. Diane? Tax and insurance. Look, I suppose the last thing you want to do is put more costs on people in fairness but I think there should be a registration uh, fee and a a number plate on well, all the insurance of them. now those electric bikes as you said yourself it wasn't you that knocked down to the traffic warden here in town they nearly knocked down <laughs> and I've heard the people like literally literally pushed out in the street because they're mm-hmm. going on the inside they're on the footpath and, and, and they're on the, driving on the footpath totally legally yeah. but there aren't enough girls walking the streets to control any of this and they're cycling up the one way street at speed of course they're not yeah. just cycling they're on these electric things they're gone so fast pat that without any kind of identifier mm. uh, any kind of number uh, on the um on the scooter or the bike that really like there's very little you can do about it but i'm disagreeing with your department about insurance where you said you know because you're coming from a trade union Sinn Féin point <laughs> of view defend the poor person don't take money out of their pocket but if they injure somebody, there should be insurance. Well, I suppose, like in in terms of that, as you know, the they they would be better off to have insurance. Obviously, if they were if they were um, involved in an accident where they were at fault. 
But um, I think the main well, problem it, is where if, is the Diane, spaces if, that they're if, using. If, if, they ha- if they're involved in an accident that they haven't insurance, the misfortunate person who is on the receiving end of it, they have nothing to get, only hassle and bother maybe. You know, I know, and, and but I suppose people, pedestrians who can cause accidents and people on ordinary traditional bikes that can call, cause accidents, they don't have insurance either. No, but any of them aren't going as fast as the electric bike, Diane. Do you want a big debate now on this, <laughs> on the pros and cons? There's a big difference in a push bike and a walking person compared to 25 miles an hour, and maybe two of them above it, which you've seen. Yes. Two people on the bike. The main problem I have is where they are. Like We have a lot of roads that aren't very suitable for them especially the scooters I think they're very very vulnerable on them but at the same time they're absolutely not suitable for, for footpaths and of um, course it so would be much better for their physical health if they were pedaling the bike cycling yeah. Tom yeah well I've been like thinking about this since day one you know when they were introduced first and I, I, I disagree with that there should be control on on the on, on the bikes, the e-bikes, because they can, they're causing immense hardship and damage and injury to people. We had, a, I said it already, we had a top sergeant today on the radio giving out and telling the damage that was being, that was being done. And it's all fine, you see, until it happens yourself. And usually the, the, when it happens, like the people on footpaths, and they're on, they're on the, every footpath you meet, they're on, they're flying every direction. And there's elderly people and there's younger people. The, the, the age doesn't matter if you were hit with one of them. And a lot of damage has been caused and you've, you've no compensation to get, you've nothing to get, only, as you said, Pat rightly, hassle. And you know, and definitely there has to be control on these, and, and also there has to be control. And as that man said earlier on, there people walking in the roads. I saw a man tonight, and he was walking with the traffic on the dark road, and I couldn't. I said, "How in the name of God could he escape with the lorries and the power of the, of the mobility you now on the roads?" So, like, people have to be more. They have to be more <coughs> careful. But on top of that. There has to be some registration even on cyclists because a lot of cyclists now it's getting very it's getting very common now. I mean cyclists like I mean on narrow roads that a lot of them aren't aren't wearing these uh, vests or you, you know either and they're coming around bins and bins around. I live on a very narrow road and they're coming in all directions. They're walking and bicycles. There isn't any east horses there yet, but they're in the town and they're in the, in the up around the area, they're around Dorodile and all that. They're flying every direction. And you go into Limit City and go out by like any part of the Innes Road or on, on the towards the Innocent side and they're flying every direction. They're all over the place now. And they're becoming, they're becoming a kind of novelty for young people in particular. And as Diana said earlier on, people that are not so young either. And they're around quite a long time actually. They're wrong long enough now, Pat, Definitely for to have somebody take up responsibility. Again, it, it, it's the Justice Department. It has to be controlled. They, ha- they have to be registered. And I believe if, you're tax- if, you're, if you have a motorbike, you have to be taxed and insured. Or a scooter, you have to be taxed and insured. And I don't, I don't see any difference whatsoever. They're all going at it. Now, and Diane, you've been be outnumbered <laughs> two to one. Yeah. I lost that vote. Mm, <laughs> Now we'll give you something lighter now to discuss for the next 10 minutes, if it takes 10 minutes at all. Mm. While I was having my bile leg this morning, 
I was listening to the news and I undertakers arrested over cash thefts from dead people. An undertaker is at the centre of a major Garda probe into allegations that he stole cash from dead people. Garda swooped on the undertaker in recent days after putting a sting operation in place. Continued on page five and page five. And uh, the undertaker is the centre of major guard in the uh, people while removing them from their homes. The, the Gardaí swooped on the Dublin funeral home worker in recent days after putting a sting operation in place. He was arrested and questioned in relation to two thefts, theft incidents. However, investigators are trying to establish whether anything else was stolen from the homes of dead people he visited as an undertaker. Gardaí analysis will now carry out a review of similar reported thefts to determine the scale of the alleged. This detection following great police work, uh, blah, blah. the undertaker at the centre of the inquiry would have been responsible for preparing bodies before being escorted from their homes to the mortuary. Suspicion was first raised, raised last month after a uniformed guardian at the scene of a sudden death in the capital believed a sum of money was taken from the room. The undertaker had been alone in the room while organising for the remains to be transported to the local mortuary. Another similar incident weeks later involving the same undertaker and he decided to put a sting operation. Last week he was called to the scene of another sudden death at a private residence. Gardaí had placed a small sum of marked notes in the room where the body was lying and when they returned after the body had been removed, they discovered the money was missing. The undertaker was searched, the money was found and the body was removed to the mortuary. He was taking the can't take it, which you were saying a bit too literally, wasn't he? Sorry? He was taking that saying of you can't take it with you a bit too literally. <laughs> very true indeed, very good, very good. I suppose maybe he thought if they weren't using it, he <laughs> might use it himself. Uh, it's a very low thing mm-hmm. at a time of a, a death or a bereavement like that, that somebody in that business would stoop so low. It's incredible. I mean, you know, it's only last year we had the story of the, the poor man that was brought to the post office to collect his pension in Carlow. Uh, and, you know, I suppose like that respect for the dead certainly t- seems to be and the waning. the question there was, Diane, was he alive when he was going in? Or at what stage did he pass over <laughs> to the post office, I mean? Well, we know that he wasn't there to spend the pension money anyway. Tom? Well, you know, it, it's an unusual situation because normally undertakers, you know, particularly our undertakers in, in our area, you know, are very, very credible people and give a great service. And I think this was a maverick anyway. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it is, he was a thief, like, you know, and he, and he wanted, I suppose, he could see, he, he could see in the, in, in the situation that he was in, that he was in a situation of kind of power that he could, he, he was alone in rooms and with people that had passed away. And, you know, he was searching, and I suppose he, he definitely was a thief. And, you know, I don't see any big deal about it, right? you know, it wasn't an awful big, or big uh, like, 
for anybody here, they, to, you could hardly compare it now to the, maybe the drug situation. Um, after, the, the, yeah. There could be large sums involved in similar. There could be, Pat, but you have, to, you have to give credit to the, and you know, that is, it, it, I think the fact that he was an undertaker, he mightn't have been an undertaker, he was probably working for an undertaker, mm-hmm. you see, and uh, as, as an employee, and uh, that that might be the situation, but I think calling him an undertaker might be a bit, might be a bit strong. You know, he, 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 did he own the company? Did he own the undertaking? He didn't say that. And, and if you're into it, I think it meant that he was actually working for an undertaker. And uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's not a, it's a, you know, it's the main lower thing to do, as you said yourself, no doubt about that, like, that in people's, people's grief and, you know, when they're very vulnerable and people do have some of the money around the house because they, they need it. And although talking about money, Pat, will you remind me about last Sunday's uh, county championship matches? I, again, we were, we're back to that situation about cash. So uh, I think that... Uh, you know, it, it, it's a pity that it happened, and it definitely it didn't give a great name to the undertaking profession, you know, and it's a pity it happened. But well, I suppose the fact that they were able to set up a sting and that they went after it yeah. actually shows a, quite a lot of diligence. Oh, it does, but there's an awful lot of other things that go after two and, and they're not doing it, you know. Well, I would assume that it yeah. was, like you said, if this is somebody working for an undertaker, yeah. I assume it was the business person themselves that wanted this Doesn't done, and that's why it happened. Yeah. Have Sinn Féin candidates selected? Selected. Diane? For which? For the forthcoming election. The uh, local elections next year? Yeah, local and... Uh, yeah, we're getting there, most, most of them. <laughs> I think we're we're missing, we, we've one or two positions to fill between city and county, but we've most of the rest selected. They're out there popping up on your Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not on that particular area. <laughs> There's a new tax in vacant homes. Thousands of owners of vacant homes have to be hit by revenue demand for no tax within days. Another tax. Another tax. Oh, sure, look, the amount of kites that are flying around in the moment. There's hardly room for an airplane in the sky. Um, you know, there's talks about USC going up, going down. Now the corporate tax, the foreign um, industry sector, that re- the reliance on that corporation tax is coming home to roost, as we always knew it would, that apparently takings are, are down and not where they should be. Um, so a lot of those kites that are being flown have had to be taken back in again. So um, it's trying to dampen down what will happen next Tuesday. Um but sure, look, it's it's it, with everything, um, you know, a TV license, we'll scrap that, we'll bring in a different communication tax. And they, they can never stop dreaming up taxes. As a message here, the biggest mistake made in recent times in this country was removing guards from the streets of our towns. Makes no sense whatsoever. Our towns will become less safe in time. Our towns have already taken the bathroom from the biggest discount stores. But if mortal eyes bikes take over the footpaths, with the Scottish people from walking about Mary and Redkeel. Mm-hmm. The older people aren't inclined to walk the streets anymore because of toggery number one. And now you have this danger, you know, people are sick. Uh, there was a man that fell down in the town 
last week and two hours he was waiting, Tom, before an ambulance arrived. Yeah, well, for Pat, our, you the see, our, our services, Pat, ha, have collapsed, you yeah. see, and this is the, this, you know, I mean, our law and order, as you rightly said, is gone. There's, it's a lawless country now. And, uh, you know, our services, our, our services in the, in the health area, as you said, in the, our areas of disabilities, we see what's happening with the with the with the children in the children in the in the hospitals in Dublin and they carry on. They, they actually the experiments that were carried out on me for the mind, and the trauma and the the what people have gone through, when really and truly like I mean it's a shock and disgrace that you'll be presiding that any government would preside over the goings on in this country. And the cheek of them, and the way they can go all over the world, and with brass nicks, and leave that kind of 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 chaos in every area behind them. I mean, two hours in the, in, in the streets, no castaways, where from ambulance. Yeah. I mean, sure, that that wouldn't happen. Uh, like. If you're in the guards, then it's in Anglesey Station in Cockerville and stuff. Yeah. But you see, Pat, the point is, and then the point is here is you see, we elect all these people like. You know, and this is this is what you're dealing with. As I rightly said last week, I mean last Tuesday, the the, the whole cabinet was taken up on on a, a, a new scheme that they have for the planning. That's all directed by big business, by developers, <coughs> and by and by influencers. That's all. That's 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 not there for the public. That means that any ordinary individual can't in actual fact. We're talking about Diane, influencers, this latest thing, influencers. Oh no. Um. Now we go to net break anyhow, folks, and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 4th of October 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Diane Nolan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Now, folks, welcome back. We're joined by Diane Nolan and Tom Ryan and... Jason Smith is taking your messages. You have another 15 minutes or maybe 10 minutes to get in any messages. Pat, request for next week for Michael Hastings from Clone, Clone Lara, County Clare. And he wants Paddy Riley, Paddy's Green Shamrock Shore. So, Pat, Michael, I'll go digging over the weekend and hopefully I'll pull that one out for you for next week. And I. I said here to the folks in front of me, at least that man is tuned in because I never announced anyone to request a song for next week. But Paddy has obviously listened to us previous week, so thank you for that request and we will play that for you next week. 
and uh, now where my next patch should the government look after the well less off in the budget namely the pensioners and the unemployed regards James Holmes at here and I'm just after saying that some of the self-employed myself being one of them and I've seen many people over the years self-employed and when they no longer became unemployed or their business went burst or whatever happened to them they have nothing at all to get Diane, that is an appalling situation. It Even is. though people like you and people in that category of political thinking would be criticising the self-employed constantly and also criticising the landlords, who the big landlords, the, 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 the what are they called, the corporate landlords, I suppose, they don't pay any tax time whatsoever. Well, pay no tax. I would but have the small, the small landowner, the small property owner, the, the, the two or three houses they, they paint through the nose yeah, well, I, I would have some uh, experience in terms of not a self-employed stamp or anything like that but the the council the, uh, you know you, you pay your your same rate of, of, of um, PRSI and your, and your tax in but it's a uh, it's a stamp under uh, the letter M and it actually entitles you to absolutely nothing ever so a bit like the self-employed stamps were but i think that the the damage that was done in the austerity era under john burton where the goalposts were were narrowed in terms of seeking any kind of help with any stamp or payment that you'd made whether you were self-employed or whether you were an employee um the years that they would look back at the amount of stamps you had to gather in order to be entitled to anything. I, these are the type of cutbacks that have never been rolled back on. And in terms of, you say, helping the, the less well off, I mean, ministers and government pay has been well restored at this stage, but a lot of the social welfare payments have not been restored to where they were 15 years but, but, but Diane, years many self-employed people, they'd be probably better off and benefit and draw on the dole if that's what you call it nowadays, you know, because they literally get everything and anything. Well, the problem as a, self, as a self-employed person, they're getting only paying tax to keep the to keep the unemployed getting their benefits. The problem and is they, the in turn, when they get into difficulty, they have nothing yeah. to get. There's no safety net there. Does it make any sense? It doesn't. And it's like that for years. And I've raised that with my namesake at a number of meetings one time. And I, I understood and thought that was being changed, but they well, did some tweeting in it, but very little yeah, tweeting. A lot of fanfare about, you know, different things that you're now entitled to, so many um, S-stamps, and now you're entitled to your dental checkup or something like that, if you can find a dentist to take you. Um, but, I mean, it, it really needs to be looked at. I mean, the, the fact is, the, these type of campaigns that say welfare cheats cheat us all, the, the whole running down of that social protection. Social protection isn't just for people who don't work. I mean, we have an employment rate now of over 96%. A lot of the people that need supports are working or are self-employed. And the supports are not there when they go to look for them. They call them the squeeze middle thumb. Oh, yes, Pastor. I mean, and it, really it's, being squeezed. It, it's really it's a shocking scenario, you know, that, that these, I mean, self employed people, you know, they pay their tax, they they have to make a yearly return, they have to be they're certified in every area that they're working and uh, then there's nothing for them, you know, and we hear then we listen to the politicians then and they'll quote what they're, that they're 
get should be getting this and that. And you know, it, it's an actually to listen every day to the extracts from the budget and to listen to the pathetic uh what the, the pathetic pittance that they're talking about. And you know, that they haven't they're talking about now today the corporate section. You think the corporate section was after closing down that uh, they wouldn't be able to that they, so that's going on every year. The, the corporate they have to make returns as well and they're going to be good years and bad years. But they'll be there and they'll be supplying, they'll be giving them the money. So but you see, what's happening is, Pat, is there's so much money wasted in the in the economy. Like, I mean, when you see an overrun of maybe 1.5 billion in the HSE, I mean, that's a shocking, frightening sum of money to be overrun. I mean, and that'll tell you, I mean, the, the, the actual control that we have over our overall finances. And to listen then uh, to, to McGrath, like, and he talking today, and he on about that he might have to give maybe a ten pound of an increase, and they might have to give one one payment of for energy to the, each household. I mean, it's pathetic to listen to him, like, and the way they can keep at it and keep confusing people and up to the budget. Should people know the budget already, like? I mean, like that going to be next Tuesday. There's next Tuesday the budget, isn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, these. I mean, they'll come out then with, the, with, with their, they'll have their laptop there and the big photograph taken of them. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic to look at them and to see they, they carry on and to see the money that's being put into areas that have actually away from, we need to support our, our people. We need to support the areas of disabilities. Also, there's another huge problem coming down the road now of the the, the, the carers and the people that look after all the, the people that have that have disabilities that have paid way below the HSE staff. And isn't that they're going to go on strike now? They have, they have to go on strike in order for to get a fair wage because they've been through the second test seasons within the within the HSE, which controls and pays the actual institutions that they work under in the you know all the all the, the areas of that do great work. And these are marvelous people working under very st- stringent conditions, physically and mentally, and they won't give them. Parity. I mean, where, what kind of people are running the country like that can give billions and millions to, to corporates and to areas and allow tax-free exiles to coast and to be all over the place, every all celebrities, and through the people that are working every day, and as Pat rightly said, the self-employed people who are, who are the backbone of our economy. It's now, a shocking scenario. Two more quickies before we get to the 11 o'clock. Family members removed from court as Enoch Book is returned to prison. Former teacher again refuses to purchase his contempt. And the other one then is viewers are tuning out from the Late Late Show. The, the first week was the first week was 940. It was the second week, 830. And the third week was 486,000. Have you watched it? The new late, late show. I've watched clips of it uh, afterwards and what I can get to play on the player, uh, which is uh, which which is always a difficulty. But um, yeah, I suppose. Look, there there's usually um, you know I guess that you'd listen to uh, on each show. Um, you know, like last one guest. 
Oh yeah, one guess. I I I'm sorry. I I just don't have any time of, of this whole thing that they like they call the RT canteen coming in to whoever you met down in the canteen to come on the show. I mean, it's the same guests over and over again. Oh, and yeah. like you mentioned before the break, bring influencers on and the likes of this. I I just don't think it's that kind. They're uh, all proud of the family circle. Well, you know, um, like. Vogue Williams wouldn't make me uh, tune in to the, the Late Late Show no. to, to watch what she has to say because all you have to do is turn on the feed in your phone and every word that comes out of her mouth is, is all over newspapers anyway. So I taught myself, I've watched bits of it, not, not all of it, any of it, but I've enough to see it that the, 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 the format of it was that you hear three people sitting on a chair at an angle that meant he had to be twisting. He said to see him and they're twisting. And then he followed that up in the second part of the programme with one guest. That seems to be the format. Mm-hmm. And any of them didn't make a whole pile to me. Uh, and the second I said, and the third night, I just turned it off after we done to be BBC. I thought it was terrible. Tom, have you seen any bit of it? No, Pat, I was never a, a late, late fan anyway. There's no interest in it whatsoever. No, I was indeed, indeed, but I just said I'd watch this yeah. new exactly. setup. Yeah. But it's really a, a turn off that I wouldn't yeah. be turned but I'll come back to it again. It is an issue that I just want to bring up for a minute. And uh, it's uh, an issue in the, in the leader today. You might see there, and whereas Anya Fitzgerald, the editor, let her tech dog loose on me. She uh, what? She let her attack dog, rabbits, uh, loose on me. I didn't say the little Yeah, I didn't and uh, was. Page that on Tom, do you I know? I don't know what page it's on, to the headline anyway, to the headline during the week. The Ryder Cup is the headline the time. Yes, and I'd like to know actually who was all there from the council in the Ryder Cup as well and who paid from. But that's beside the point. Uh, there's an issue, there's a, she has an article there on, um, on her, on, on this week's edition, on. It's false, actually. It's it's, uh, and I would expect her to correct it next week. Uh, it's a headline there that she has been told in the article there, and uh, it's totally false because they, she said that that analog had got a green light for their for and that I was an objector, which I was, but they haven't got a green light, and uh, that development we say like is being is under the investigation by the enforcement department of the of the actual county council planning division at the moment and uh, he didn't actually say that he was looking he said he had a source well he wanted to go back to the source now and find out the facts why the enforcement department of the limerick planning authority are looking at that and i'll tell him why because they did the development was carried out without planning permission and the planning permission came when the job was finished. So they want to get the facts right and the leader would want to, would want to get the facts right as well. They well are, Tom, uh, would you equally, if you were talking about legal proceedings, that to be extra careful? It's and, not uh, extra, this is not extra careful, Pat. This is facts. And, like, and like when you print an article like that, you have to have your facts. And they're not on that. They're not on that edition. And she, and she'd want to apologise next week. And it's she not and in the country Eddie. county edition. Is on, there's only one edition of it, and that's what. It's not correct, and it's false. And I am, yeah. I am attacking it. So Diane, 
Everyone has got problems, haven't they? We all have our problems, Pat. Now, what else did we have there? That was, like I said, we're at the end of the line for tonight, and I thank the people for sending their messages, and thanks to Michael Hastings for going to the bottom requesting. And Michael, I suppose I would be inclined to say to, to wish Clone Lara the best luck in the county final in Hurling, I think it was. I saw him. Yes, Pat, that's right, in the county I, final. I saw him slip sliding around a watery field there a couple yeah. of weeks ago playing uh, Air Rogue, wasn't it, yeah? And, the, and everything in my lovely Rosie Claire, I think. I think they'll win. They're playing against uh, yeah. or, or the semi final, I think there's only a semi final yet. Yeah. There's a Scarif and Fakel and yeah. somebody they're else. They're playing Fakel, so. I think. Yeah. yeah. Teams were never there before. It's nice to see new teams always coming in, hopefully. It's good to see. And how is the Limerick County Championship going, Tom? Well, it's reached the semi-final stage now, and uh, you have Patrick Swell playing. Uh, Patrick Swell are playing Kilmallock, and the Pearson are playing Doon. They're on it the weekend after You said something about cash at the gates. I did, Pat, yeah. What did you they, say? We've, they've been taking cash at, at, at the gates all the year. And last Sunday for the match, uh, last Sunday in the Gaelic rounds for no a double cash. for a double header, and they were announced here the same as cash was was kind of uh, you know was a bad word you couldn't they weren't accepting cash at the Gaelic rounds you had to, to, to go back yeah. to the same so why the change of policy I don't know there's plenty you weren't not taking cash last Sunday is it? no yeah no no, no cash last Sunday and they were warning people actually the clubs themselves even were maybe no there was a hole in the bag or something from some of the previous games well Pat look I mean when it's a total contradiction when they when they were taking it all the year. And again, they, they, they had this, they, there's no one talking about it, you know. I mean, our delegates are not open, they're more about it. People that can't, in actual fact, manage this ticket thing. And it's not that easy either, for, I think, for to for get the tickets even on the phone or how you do that. I can't do it anyway. And uh, as a result, I wasn't at the match just under, you know. This is no country for all folks, Tom. That's the message you. you're getting. Yeah. So our thanks to Diane Nolan and Tom Ryan and Jason Smith. And also to the listeners that didn't respond to anything. And also thanks to those people who did send in all those messages. And our thanks there to Michael Hastings. So, Michael, as we said, we hope maybe next week or week after you have something to celebrate and clone Lara. And next week we'll play you Paddy Riley, Paddy's Green Shamrock Show. So, in the meantime, folks, take care. And don't forget Friday night in Red Keel for. Uh, uh, the Abbott install Patrick Hederman giving a talk a fine speaker always interesting man to listen to and then the Ramblin' House Knockfair and the music story and song all are welcome to that outside Ballingarry on the hillside of Knockfair that is Saturday night at 8 o'clock so hopefully we'll see some of you there as well in the meantime folks take care Covid is still flying around. They tell me quite a number of people are quite ill with it. So maybe a, a, a little bit of a, a, a mask wouldn't go astray. Present here, keep out the crowds. Maybe. Good night. God bless. Take care. One o two FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlandwick one o two FM on the fourth of October, twenty twenty three, from nine thirty to eleven pm. Diane Nolan joined Pad Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.